It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pankowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How are the markets doing with everything that's going on today? Well, markets are in the green today. Um, even Canada is uh, just above flat, but the U.S. markets are up about 1%. Um, just take a look at the big news here in Canada. Obviously, it's the Bank of Canada increasing interest rates by three quarters of a basis point, uh, as expected, really, uh, bringing the benchmark rate from 2.5% to three and a quarter now. So economists consider Canada now to be in what we call restrictive territory, uh, which is above 3%, uh, which we really haven't seen uh, in over two decades. And so this is something you and I have been talking about for months now. And, uh, you know, it appears the Bank of Canada is is going to actually con- continue increasing rates uh, at least until the end of the year. Okay, so we are going to be seeing more of this. So what is the economy showing the impact of this? Like, are there signs out there? Well, for sure. I mean, the real estate market is slowing for, you know, as we've also talked about. Uh, when we take a look at uh, Canadian GDP for the second quarter, which came out last week, it showed that the economy grew less than economists were expecting at 3.3% uh, versus 4.4%. So, you know, there are signs uh, that the economy is slowing to a certain degree, but inflation is is uh, still very much a problem. Uh, it's very persistent. Uh, the July inflation reading, if you recall, came in at 7.6%. Again, this was down from the uh, from June's 39-year high, uh, but still nowhere close to that 2% where they want it to be. But again, it takes a little while for all of these interest rate increases to really infiltrate the economy, and they've moved so quickly. Uh, so the expectation is, uh, you know, from markets is we're going to see uh, possibly two additional, uh, you know, 25 basis point rate increases uh, from now until the end of the year. And, and who does this um, hurt, I guess? Well, you know, homeowners, uh, people looking to get more mortgages, uh, people who have uh, lines of credits, uh, obviously all of those rates have gone up. And, you know, what we want to make sure is that uh, if rates are increasing, you know, how long is that going to stay that way? And are people going to be able to afford their payments if things are moving up? And obviously you've seen a lot of that uh, on on the nightly news, even talking about mortgage rates. So uh, we see home sales slowing, home prices have declined uh, as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of, I think, buyers are waiting on the side. Guidelines. And also, you have to think about the, you know, the idea of getting approved for a mortgage. Um, you know, that is also uh, becoming much more difficult for people than it was, say, six months ago, and even what you can afford, right, the affordability. And so those are things that we'll be watching. But again, the Bank of Canada really wants to try and get inflation under control, as does everywhere else in the world, uh, including the US. And that's, again, why we see markets uh, as volatile as they have been over the past few weeks, uh, you know, because of Jerome Powell and what he's talking about down in the U.S., uh, the Fed continues to take an aggressive stance against inflation. And what that does to markets, it, it generally worries investors that rates are just going to keep on going up, up and away. Well, at some point, you're going to see that change. And, you know, they'll start increasing by less or they'll put it on hold and, and we'll start to see inflation come down. But the question is, when when will we see that? And that's what markets are generally waiting for. But today, it's great to see U.S. markets are up at least one. Okay, yeah. And so what is the Federal Reserve saying about all this and about their economic conditions? 
Yeah, you know, the the Fed's going to be talking today and we'll get more kind of insight on what they're thinking. Uh, but markets are hoping that the Fed would start to hand out kind of smaller increases starting in September, uh, but are now really pricing in, again, it's, you know, a um, 75 uh, basis point hike uh, again in September. So again, nothing is slowing down too much in that regard because that would be the third three quarters of a point increase uh, over the past three meetings if they go ahead without uh, large increases increase in September. So again, this is their way to try to combat inflation. But I will say that the price of oil, uh, you know, which is down again today, which is probably causing some relief in the markets, um, you know, oil peaked just around 130 a barrel. We're now sitting around 84 a barrel. So that's a significant decline. And so as consumers of, of gas, right, we're all going to be and have seen that we're paying less at the pump. And that definitely helps this inflationary environment uh, when the price of oil starts and continues to come down. Okay, so that is something to look for there, too, because that's what's going on in the European markets right now, isn't it? Yeah, the European markets are, are a little different. Um, you know, Russia cut off gas supplies uh, to Europe and definitely after claiming, um, you know, the, they're not pleased with the economic sanctions imposed by the West. And they also talk about, you know, they need some maintenance on the pipeline and so on. Uh, so, again, this is a clear indication that, you know, we need to watch that story developing going forward because that could have a devastating effect on the European economy uh, if they don't have enough gas supplies for winter and so on. So, so again, those those are stories that are developing that we continue to watch. We're also seeing, you know, China's uh, economy slow down. And that's, you know, why we're seeing the price of oil even come down just because, again, less demand uh, means that the price of oil should come down. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to this market right now. And, and we still are not close to the, well, we're not at the low that was set back in June, although markets have given back a lot of those uh, gains that we saw for uh, from a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and again, if, you know, we get an inflation number next week that's lower than expected uh, out of the U.S., that would, again, be positive for the markets going forward. So, again, this is a time just to be active with your portfolio. Make sure you have some powder dry. Uh, make sure you're being strategic in the types of investments that you're including in the portfolio uh, so that you can get through this time. Again, the world will get over this, too, just as, you know, it gets over everything as well as the market. <clears throat> but you just have to be patient, even though it can seem like a long period of time because this is going for months and months and months. Um, but again, just make sure that you're staying on top of what's going on or your financial advisor is. Okay. So, and that's the thing. When we talk about financial advisors, you've just illustrated, I think, the good reason why you have to have that relationship with a financial advisor because you're, you know, your clients are probably very personal, right? It, it's a very personal relationship and you probably have to often go above and beyond for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, having that relationship, a good relationship with a financial advisor is so important um, to your retirement, to, you know, figuring out, you know, day to day what you need to be doing uh, in life, whether it's buying a home, taking a mortgage, uh, lease versus financing a car, um, you know, paying for your child or grandchild's education, uh, doing a renovation. All of those kinds of conversations are, are where you should feel comfortable talking to your financial advisor. And you want an advisor, obviously, this sounds cliche, but that they put your 
interests first. And I think a lot of people could feel if that's not the case, you know, if your advisor is talking more about products and, and right. so on versus you, um, you know, you may want to start questioning that. Uh, you want a, an advisor to take a proactive approach. You don't want them just throwing you in a bunch of mutual funds and like with a set it and forget it type portfolio that I've talked about before on CKNW here. You know, you want them to be looking at what's going on in the world and making decisions for you and, and protecting you the best that they can when uh, things are as volatile as they are. You want an advisor that remains calm during these situations too. You don't want uh, an advisor that's panicking uh, possibly along with you, uh, that they have a plan, right? They have a plan A, plan B, depending on you know how this news comes out. How are they going to react? How are they going to manage your portfolio through this? Uh, again, having confidence in the advice that you're getting is, is obviously super important as well. Um, <clears throat> and I think one of the most important is, is uh, the idea of taking you know, uh, Uber approach to your financial situation. So, you know, they're not just looking at your portfolio day to day because your financial well-being, um, you know, has many different parts to it, right? Whether you need income, uh, how you feel about markets, uh, again, saving for retirement, um, you know, where are you going to take your income from? Uh, having that financial plan, not every financial advisor provides that. And, and people do need that, uh, especially if you're trying to retire anytime soon or if you're already retired and not sure if it's going to take you to the end of your days or maybe you have more money than you're ever going to spend in your lifetime. But you want to save tax, right? And tax strategies is a big part of having that financial plan. And again, having a support team, you know, it's difficult if it's just an advisor and one assistant. If they have a team, they're able yeah. to do so much more for you, right? So there's a lot of different reasons why you should, you know, check uh, off those boxes and make sure that you have, you know, the best financial team working in, in your best interest, especially when markets are volatile and we're going through this changing economic climate. So true. Uh, so thanks so much, Lori. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great week. You too. That's Lori Pankowski, Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now remember, you can contact her team directly, 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.